Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind podcast with Hilary Saxton, episode 69. This week we're talking common mistakes people often make in property development. You're going to want to listen to this episode. We're going to cover off on three areas and break down a few mistakes that people make in those areas that you will want to avoid. My guest this week is the amazing Bob Anderson, otherwise known as the Google of property. Well, that's what I call him. But you're going to enjoy this episode. We have fun and I know people enjoy listening, have a bit of fun too. So let's jump on in to episode 69. Hey, welcome to episode 69. Like I said, common mistakes often made in property development. Before we get started, giving away a copy of this book, Property Millionaires Exposed. Somebody even emailed me today and said, I've just about finished the book. So that's fantastic. Bob says he'd straight to page 121 where he talks about property development. A little bit biased, but hey, it's the pinnacle. It's where all the money's made as fast as you can. If that's what you would like to do, get there a bit quicker. This week, that's going out to Daniel McLean. I spoke to Daniel this week. I think he was trying to sell me a site more than anything. But anyway, Daniel, I'll send this book to you. You'll have to email me your postal address and it will be in the post. So... Before we get started, this episode's brought to you by Property Mastermind. Wow, great sponsor. Yeah, we're sponsoring our own podcast. Oh, wow, what a great idea. Yeah, why not? And also, before we get started, two amazing events coming up. This one will just come out in the nick of time, I would say. We've got our free masterclass on Saturday, so that's 9 to 1 Sydney time, 8 to 12 Brisbane time. Daylight saving starts and it's confusing. The first week when daylight saving starts, it's a mess. How many missing appointments? I've done three. This three got three wrong. (laughs) And, and the people will listen, uh, yeah, Durgesh this morning, sorry mate, yeah, uh, who else did I have, Greg, wow. sorry mate. We've got yeah. our connection in, in New Zealand, so it's gone from two hours to three hours Crazy. ahead, and oh, yeah. anyway, we'll get there. We're getting there. So, yes, please, you're welcome to join us for our free masterclass. It's a fabulous event where Bob walks through the stages of property development. Uh, we have a great rate for people staying on, which means we're delivering great great content and Bob will tell you about a few opportunities we have either working with us or even investing with us so you might yeah. want to jump into that creative strategies too yes. how to do projects with little or no money on your own we'll be covering that because we do them all so the time you, so you can do them yeah. and we have people doing them so the why not be one so yes that's that's this Saturday and then on November 5th, 6th and 7th which is Saturday, Sunday, Monday yep. we've got our three day workshop in the Gold Coast it's can't going, wait Going to be a ripper. Yep. Uh, it start, kicks off on the Friday night with drinks if you can make it. And then it just goes right through to Monday night. There'll be lots of education. There'll be lots of networking. We're up speaking on what's going on now in property development. Mm, things are a bit different. Things are a bit different. It, it's going to be, it's going to be I'm, I'm going to say epic. It's going to be epic. So if you've been on the fence and you've been interested in learning about property development, why not learn from uh, Australia's yeah. best? And, and even if you've been doing a bit and want to like, catch up on what's happening out there, and you know, construction and finance, all those things that are a little bit moving. Or maybe you've done, I even spoke to someone, I get to say that all the time, I spoke to somebody today, but I did speak you to constantly some, speak to My people. phone was nuts today. It melts. But I spoke to somebody today who said that they had done, the, these were their words, They'd done a couple of developments, but they hadn't quite gone their way. We weren't even talking about property development. Mm. Uh, it was a different conversation. And I thought to myself, I bet you haven't done any education. But oh, I, sounds like it. I didn't want to go down that road. It wasn't the right time. Mm. I just thought, you know, some people, they know they know what we do. Uh, yeah, yep. Nope. It's not like learning to ride a push bike. 
No, so that obviously made a few mistakes, which I suppose is a fabulous segue yeah. into yeah. what we're up to. Absolutely, 100%. Which, oh, stop it. <laughs> That's been banned in our house, 100% and absolutely. Uh, yeah. Sorry, just taking the mickey. Yeah, because they've got a bit worn out. Well, we're tired of hearing it. Yeah, yes. Anyway, common mistakes in property development, and this is by no way tax or legal advice. This is a general conversation, but talking from a lot of 38 years of experience, Bob's probably, have you done any of these mistakes? I think, have you done any oh, of them? Oh, I've made, made to? heaps in the early days, all sorts of mistakes, but as you do. But, but the ones we're covering off today? Uh, no, I haven't. The three we do today, but we'll do some more. You know, every every you know, whatever so weeks, so many weeks, we'll 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 cover more mistakes, and I'm sure we'll catch up with some that I've made. Oh, oh, oh! We could probably throw in a few of mine yeah. on the on the Reno front. Yeah, I, I suppose in, in a way, I'll, I'll give you a quickie, and it's not like a specific mistake. But when I started off in property development, um, what I I didn't understand cycles and property cycles. That's how naive I was back in the day because there's no property education anywhere. And, you know, the first few went pretty well. And I thought, gee, how good is this? This is going to go forever. And then, of course, the market changed. It ran out. Well, where I was, this was on the Gold Coast, where particularly back then, huge swings in the market, you know, mm. up and down. And all of a sudden, I can find myself in a down market and, and you know, heading down and in the middle of the subdivision. And I thought, jeez, oh, oh. now I'm just starting to find out about cycles. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a bit of, bit of work to get out of that one. But I, knowing you, Bob, you would have... I worked very hard and diligently yeah. and long to get out, but I got out okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was uh, one of my very first lessons. So today we're going to cover off on three. Let's start with the first one, which is purchasing a, a property in your own name. For development. For development, yeah. yes. Now, yeah. that's a rookie mistake number one. Yeah, and look, look, you do see it. Uh, I mean, the problem there is... People not taking advice from the right people and the right person to take advice from. We're talking about structures. But this subject isn't about structures and what what are the different structures and what's the best one. That's not the subject of today's, but basically taking no advice. Be amazed the number of people that just go out there and buy something in their own name. You know, they're used to doing that. You know, they buy a car in their name, they buy all sorts of stuff in their name, and they just go and buy a property in their name. like if it was a, a long-term investment property that you're never going to uh, develop, let's say, then you might consider, you know, well, negative gearing's a funny thing because we've hardly seen it for mm. years. But the low interest rates we've had, it's almost been impossible to negative they gear anything. change though, Bob. Well, it, it has to change as, as interest rates get yeah. up. You know, some investments will be going negative and, and so negative gearing sort of becomes a bit of a, a thing again. So if it's a long-term investment, you know the old story. People say, oh, I'll put it in the highest income earner's name to maximise the tax benefits. But, um, you know, whether that's the best thing to do or to use a good structure, of course, uh, you need to take advice for your own specific circumstances from an accountant with a lot of experience in business tax structures and property. That's where you go. Mm. But when you're going to develop and not hold as a long-term investment, well, definitely you need to be structured correctly. And people that... I mean, there's problems when you um, when you get it in your own name. Hey, I mean, things like asset protection. I mean, why do you use a structure in the first place? I suppose that's the question. There's there's three main reasons that we use a structure at all. Uh, one is the obvious one, to minimise tax. You know, you don't, nobody... 
It's the favourite one for most people. Well, it is because <laughs> it you, off as, yes. nobody likes paying tax, but, yeah. it, but, but you know, you've got to. So, so the idea is to pay the minimum amount of tax you legally have to pay and not one cent more. And so structures can help us with tax. Uh, you know, if we're, if we're developing in our own name and the profits come in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of profits come in in our name, particularly if they come in in, in the same financial year, I mean, like you're it's way a, up in a, a high marginal out, tax rate. Bit of an ouchie. Well, you know, that you could be losing half it in tax, you know, mm. if, you, if you're on a decent income to start off with. Uh, so tax reasons for structures, that'll smash you in your own name. Uh, asset protection, I mean, that's another reason we use structures. Uh, but if you own a lot of stuff in your own name, like a lot of people own their principal place of residence in their own yeah. name. So if you do a development in your own name, technically you're risking everything that's in your own name. Which could be your house, your car, your kids, or no, maybe yeah, not. Remember, kids. remember, we go into a, a development, you know, with the idea that it's going to be. Yeah, and it nearly always is, but like you've got to go in smart. Yes. I mean, property development's about doing things smart, everything. Mitigating every, all risk. Mitigating as many possible risks as you can. Yes. And, uh, and so that's one way of mitigating risk. There's a, you know, there's higher levels of asset protection, there's better tax results you know and even things like if you've got a long-term view another reason we use structures is for secession planning mm. because we uh, this only really matters if you're going to keep some of your stuff that you develop some of your stock and the idea might be as developers you know because we can develop at raw cost uh we we create investments a lot cheaper than the, the normal person who pays retail price and so the idea is to hold and never sell uh you get if you want cash, that's the ones you sell. The ones you keep, you can you know should keep forever. And, and it might be that you know down the track, when you fall off the perch, uh, if you're using the right structures and trusts and everything, it, it, it might be easier for that money to transfer through. You know, so mm. that's another reason. But they're, they're the three reasons mainly for correct structures, tax, uh, asset protection, and uh, less so secession planning. Yes. Yeah. I think I talked to somebody today. Oh, I've, got to, I've got to stop saying that about access. Well, I did. Oh, I'm you, so you sorry. Like I, feel, I feel like that's all I day. say. Well, I just talked to much. somebody today. Anyway, okay, well, I won't go down that road, but I did. I must remind. I must yeah. tell you about that conversation. We need to have that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, there's quite a lot in that. Yeah. So, like, like rookie me- mistake number yeah. one, do not purchase a development property in your own name. Yeah, ideally, because as well as not meeting those three ideal criteria that you use a structure for, I mean, I've met people. I had a fellow join the mentoring program once, and uh, oh yeah, he had, and I've seen this more than once. He had three very expensive properties that he bought as development sites in his own name. Ooh. So when it came to develop, you've got to make a call. Well, do I develop in my own name with all the, you know, having to pay more tax and, uh, you know, run asset protection risks? Or do you take it out of your name and put it into a structure, but then you trigger other things, hey? Mm. You know, you're triggering potential capital gains tax, depending on what the value is now compared to what it was when you bought it, and maybe time's gone on and it's worth a lot more. Uh, you know, maybe you've even gotten a development permit and you made it even even more valuable. Uh, so there's the situation. Then, of course, you've got stamp duty mm. uh, when you create another uh, entity to, to buy it off yourself. So not where you want to be. And, of course, some people also have the problem where they bought an investment property, and I've seen this a fair bit, maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago, 
not so much with the intention of developing, it was more as an investment property, but as time goes on, maybe the zoning's changed or, or maybe they didn't even realise when they bought mm. it, it has development potential. And now, you know, the house might be getting old and tired and they can put, you know, maybe a nice duplex mm. or three townhouses on and they decide to do that, but it's in their own name. That often happens because of that whole, people start by renovating and then they go to investing in properties and it doesn't need to be done like that you can go straight to developing it's you don't have to take the baby steps first you can get straight in there although i did (laughs) although i did but i i I mean i have fully learned now that you don't have to and and just knowing that younger people tend to to do that they buy it as an investment property and then because they just have no idea that it could potentially be you know time goes on and it can be become a development property yeah, and, and of course they might be buying it as their first home and using the scheme and everything else. Mm. You know, young people, all, all sorts of moves happening there. And the scheme, Bob, if they were using the, we were talking obviously the first home buyer scheme, can that be bought out and not in your own name or does it have to be in your own name? I've or- never done it. I'm no expert. I'd have to ask my mate Clayton Tierney from the uh, First Home Buyer Club. He's an expert in all that, uh, what the score is there. I mean, it's probably a there simple question, but I haven't There's done it, so I don't know. Dub, dub, dub dot first home buyer club. Oh, sorry. <laughs> dot well, com. Well, well, he's, a, you? he's a good mate of he mine. He is. And, I mean, he's been through the mentoring program. He has. Just most had a second of, most baby. Most of my mates have. That's where I get mates. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't make mates at the, down at the pub. I make mates through the mentoring program. You don't really go to the pub. And if you do, you'd go with me anyway. Well, yeah. We'd yeah. go somewhere for dinner. Yeah, 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 we would, yeah. So, um, back to that. Look, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I get a feeling you might Plain have to no. have it in your name because the government's involved and they're probably very fussy. You know, but who knows anyway? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you probably Google Maybe. that and find out. Yeah, let us know. Someone yeah, send me so, an email on that. So one. just yeah, p- purchasing in your own name, you know, and and people that have had it, like I said, maybe ten years. Uh, they'll probably end up developing in their name because to take it out, there'd yep. probably be a huge capital gain. Mm. And the problem is they might have to pay the capital gains tax before they actually get the profit out of the development anyway, and, and they might not have it. Uh, and, and plus the stamp duty and, and you know, they just run But you the almost have to run two different fees, though. One doing, worth one doing. Oh, that's an after-tax thing. Yeah, yeah. when you do feasibilities on developments, you, you, you pull up before the tax. Mm. You know, you don't really look at the after-tax scenario because that's just going to be different for everybody and the type of structures they've got and, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, but I guess without making too big a deal out of it, uh, take advice. If you're buying a site, for development purposes, you know, don't run out there and put in your Even own name. Even for investing. But take, but take it, well, take advice, anything. If you're doing yeah. anything with property investing or development, you know, get the right advice. But yeah, don't, Particularly yeah. development. Yeah. yeah. Okay, number two. Number two common mistake that people make <laughs> is they demo the house before the DA. Before the DA or before finance. Now, that might sound stupid. Before finance. Uh, well, it actually is stupid. Yeah. And I haven't done it, but I've certainly met people who have. Yes. And um, they, they sort of get ahead of the game, you know. I don't know whether they're really trying to fast-track the project, and I've seen people get try and get ahead of the game, mm. you know, fast-track it. Quick, get the demo done. Get the demo. Let's get the demo done now, you know. It's well underway. The, the development permit's in there. It looks like it's going to come out. Let's get a head start, or, or perhaps they've got a development permit. They're working on their, you know, their building permit. They're talking to financiers and all that sort of thing, and they might they might want to jump the gun. All that sort of thing. You got to lift the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> I don't know. I've got a thick tongue. <laughs> Maybe I've taken too many phone calls today. Turn my tongue's thickened up. Who knows? I think you just need a glass of wine. Oh, that'll probably thicken it up a bit more. But um, <laughs> yeah, like it is evening. By the way, we're recording this yeah. one in, in the in the uh, you early know, evening. This is a thing that happens a fair bit. Is that say people get a development permit, they get a building permit. 
uh, and they, they, they've either gotten finance or, they, or they're getting it, mm. and they just go out there and demolish the house, but they haven't actually told the mortgagee that owns the house because quite often, you know, you buy the house as an investment property and then you might, you know, after you've got your approvals, you might be switching with the same bank or another bank onto a commercial loan. They demolish the house. They, haven't, they don't tell the actual current mortgagee. And so they've tampered with the security. I was going to say, how does that work with, even with insurance? Well, I'm sure there's... It would be illegal. Well, insurance can be an issue. But, but um, I mean, in terms of demolishing the house uh, with an existing mortgagee and not telling them, I'm sure there's something in the small print in the loan yeah. that you can't, like, tamper with it like that. Um, and, and so, <laughs> sure there is something so the, in the, so the bank thinks you've got a house and now you've got a vacant piece of land with a development permit. Mm. The good thing is that it really should be worth more with a development permit than it was as a house. Otherwise, why would you do it? Yes, you know? <laughs> unless they were, yeah, it could so, be worth more, but then there's that whole rental yeah, income, so, and there's, so, there's a lot going yeah, on in there. So that happens so often, you know, and, and they don't know, and then, of course, you, you get your commercial finance, maybe it's a different bank, and that bank pays out the other bank, and the, the other bank never even knew the house disappeared, they just knew there was a refinance and they lost the loan. Uh, but, look, at, but look, I, at you, look at you, you get all excited about financing oh, and demolitions, you know. Yeah, 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 no. I bet you've got a story here, Bob, what do you know? Oh, I've got stories about everything. Yeah, hey, no. You've been around for nearly 40 years in this game, I'll tell you what, I could I What's could your best weeks. one on people doing a demolition? Oh, well, look, I, I met a guy once, look, I, I, I'll try and keep you always short. You met a guy, I spoke to someone, there you go. I, I, Who'd you meet, Bob? I got, I got a call from Bank West once, which is... Um, well, it, it's, it's in the banking sector. Bank West is actually owned by Commonwealth Bank. But back in the day before the Commonwealth Bank bought it, um, it, it, it was you know, quite a big lender. I did a lot of business with Bank West. But anyway, one day uh, the guy from Bank West rang me and he said, look, I've had a guy in here uh, with a loan application, uh, but I, I, I don't really think the deal stacks up. And I think he's a little bit, um, doesn't really know what he's doing. Would, would you mind having a talk to him? You know, it's funny for a bank to ring me up, you know, but, but I did a lot of business with this bank. So I said, sure, I'll have a talk to him. You know, he said, they said, you might be able to help him pull it together, you know, and we're happy to do the finance if we didn't turn it into a deal. So I rang him up. He said, yeah, come and have a look. So um, what he'd done, he had two properties, the other side of the street from a major university, and he'd rented them out room by room to students. And he was doing very well. It was a good rental. But in the meantime, uh, these two 600-metre properties, 1,200 metres, he'd gotten a development permit for student accommodation, pure student I accommodation, the story, yeah. and it was like a base, uh, like ground level parking and two levels of, uh, of basically you know one bedroom sort of accommodation, mm. uh, but but really expensive construction, really heavy, uh, you know block and slab construction. Didn't need to be all that, uh, but the long story is this. Uh, the short story. He had, well, short story. <laughs> he hadn't really done a, a proper feasibility. As it turned out, when I did one for him, it didn't stack up at all. The bill cost was way too much. However. Uh, what he'd done, because he thought he was going to get finance, and he didn't understand development finance. Mm. He thought it was like buying a house where you could go in and 10% deposit and borrow the rest at you know at a retail rate. He didn't realise that you need quite a bit more equity than that, and it's a commercial rate, uh, as he found out when he went to Bank West. And so, assuming he was definitely going to get finance, he demolished the two houses. He had a development permit that really didn't stack Did up. Did the bank know this when they'd run no. it or not? They had no, no idea. this is the rest of the story. Oh my he didn't gosh. tell the bank. So, oh he's, no. so he's with St George, right, both the houses. He's got a loan over both with St George, but, it, but it's a pretty good income off the student accommodation. He's, he's, he's got a development permit that doesn't really stack up, but he doesn't know. But he's, he's gone to a different he's, bank He's gone to the bank, assuming you just walk in there and with 10% deposit and get the finance to build it. And, and, and in, in that assumption, everything's sweet, let's get a head start, knock the houses down. All of a sudden... 
and it doesn't work. Hang on, you said he had it, but it was Bank West that rang you, but he was with St George. Well, he went to Bank West for some construction finance oh, because right. he had a DA. Right. Uh, but St George had the mortgage over the houses. Oh, yeah. And so all of a sudden, nothing. And uh, that was a big hole to dig out of because we had to basically, I, uh, I, I dumped the DA, it was useless, mm. and did a whole different sort of construction uh, process where we did, uh, we ended up doing four townhouses. Each townhouse had nine bedrooms with each bedroom had a little bathroom. Uh, so he, uh, more, he had 32 bedrooms in this monolith of a thing. We ended up with th- uh, 36 bedrooms in a building that was like half the price to build mm. uh, but produced the same rental outcome. Oh. Uh, which, which, but, but all of that took another year. So during that, that year, he's paying substantial amount He's of, bleeding. Bleeding badly. He had to get his kids to even help out with the repayments. Couldn't t- it, it wasn't game to tell St George he'd knock the houses down because God knows what they'd do. And, uh, and, and was paying, I think it was like even back then, it was 10 years ago now, probably eight nine $9,000 a month on, on, on the mortgage because it was pretty highly geared, mm. uh, but, but with no income coming in. And, uh, the bit that I like about that story is that he went to his children because I was listening. Well, he had to. I was listening he could, to a comedian. For it himself. I was listening to a comedian last night saying, "Why would you?" Have, I was Ricky Gervais saying, no. "Why would you have kids? You know, they just they just take from you and they they never give anything back." So it kind of fits with that story. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so there's. I mean, I've, I've plenty of other stories like that. Yeah. You know, people demolishing houses before time. Don't demolish your get house. Get your DA and get your. Construction right. finance, finance sorted before, before you, you think about knocking anything down. I might add something to that though, which we hadn't talked about. You, you probably look around. Do you, sometimes the demolishing, it's hard to find a demolisher. Um, so you make sure you've got one. Yeah, yeah, get close by. Well, yeah, and at the moment they're all busy. Yeah, they are busy. We, we got a project at the moment where we, you know we spoke to five or six demolishers, and, mm. and even that's, then what, it was, that's what reminded me. Well, it was a ten or twelve week wait. So there you go. You've got to have it on a string. But just because they can do it doesn't mean you should do it if you haven't got your DA or finance sources. Mm, yeah. yeah, don't jump the gun. Yeah, don't jump the gun. Okay, last one. The last one that we're covering off is buying. This is mistakes that are made when you're buying at auction. And, oh, my goodness, yeah. have we seen these? Well, well, yeah, we do. Oh, everyone knows I'm not a big fan of auctions. Uh, but, but that's because I live in Queensland. If I lived in Victoria, where auctions are the main way of, you know, uh, buying and selling stuff, I probably would have had to. Modus operandi. I've actually lasted nearly forty years in development and never bought at auction, and so far so good. But um, uh, I love the adrenaline at an auction, though. Do you? Oh, it's so exciting! Oh, you would. Ah, oh. yeah, yeah. But but look, we we all know that you know in some places you have to buy at auction, and that's just the way it is. Uh, but I've seen people buy with insufficient due diligence. You know, mm. like, I mean, we, we all know, we've all heard of stories of people who get carried away with emotion. Yes. You know, and, and for lots of reasons, they just either love this thing so much, you know, the particular property or the location that that. Well, they just get tied up in it, Bob. Yeah, like, it's the, really the like, excitement and the emotion. You just want to keep putting your hand up. I, well, I know that feeling. Oh well, you might. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do the I would no, have a, I would have a cut. Oh, well, you bought point. plenty of properties. You, you know, you got a budget, and that's it. You know, yep. but you do see people, particularly if it's if they're buying an own uh, their principal place residence, like an owner occupier, mm. because that's a very emotional purchase. You're going to live in the damn thing, you know, mm. for, for probably a long time. If you're buying an investment property, it's less emotional. You're just looking at you know returns and you know vacancy factors and all sorts of things like that. But but yeah, and we, we we've all heard stories and probably even seen people getting getting emotional and just going too high. But that can happen. But on, on the development front, so what we're really talking about is buying a site for development purposes. You've got to do your due diligence during that auction period mm. and you've got to work out what the, what the property is really worth and you do not go over that. 
Mm. Uh, Even just all the, all those little due diligence things. That obviously, this would, yeah. this one we're talking about is due diligence. But like the guy, oh, we've told this story on the podcast. Mm-hmm. The mining subsidence guy. Oh. oh, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he bought at auction or not, but um, just yeah, that was a sad story. Yeah, just was running out of time. Desperately wanted it and just took the gamble. I'll just. But yep. The report hadn't come back. He gambled that it would be okay, and it wasn't. Gambled and lost. Yeah. yeah. He was hoping to get five townhouses and ended up with none. Oh, and that's... Yeah. That's a pain. Well, that's, that's back to due diligence. I mean, mm. that's that's where it goes wrong. You've got to do the right due diligence. Imagine but, going, like, going home and telling your husband or wife that you've bought a property. Oh, <laughs> I, that, I, I spoke to a guy one time and bought a property that floods. He didn't realise it at the time. It goes underwater all the time. You can't build anything on it. Oh, especially at the moment. Sydney's about to go underwater. I saw that when I was at the gym this morning. Mm. She says that with her just straightening her halo. Uh, while I was at the gym this morning, in fact, how many people who listen to this have talked to me on the phone while I'm at the gym? So many. Oh, I'll just take a call yeah. and then I'll carry on. But I saw that Sydney's about to go out. They're having their wettest season in forever. They've already peaked their... Yeah. Did you know that? No. It was on. I just saw the TV oh, at the gym. I don't watch the news. I wouldn't know. Oh, my gosh, it was horrific. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, sorry to hear that. Yeah, so due diligence on yeah. everything, including flooding. Yeah, mm-hmm. particularly with an auction, because normally it's 10% deposit, unconditional contract on the fall of the hammer. Yes. So there's no backing out of that. You know, your, your head's in the guillotine, you better work. Mm. And because uh, I've always got stories about that. Heads in guillotines? No, yeah. <laughs> Hang on, have, have you had your head in a guillotine ball? No, not no. lately. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Yeah, I looked, there was a guy I know who lived in Melbourne uh, and at the time I was living in Brisbane and he wanted to do a development in Brisbane. So he came up, he came up with a few, but they were duds. You know, I had a quick look at them for him and uh, they just didn't stack, you know, the five or six percenters. One of them he came up with, um, he said, oh, this one works. And I said, how do you know it works? And he said, oh, well, the agent's done a feasibility. And I thought, oh, my God, here we go. The agent had it showing a 22%. It was actually 5%. Agent didn't have a clue what was going on, you know, no idea. But fortunately, he didn't buy that. Anyway, what he did, he thought, I've knocked back, like, I have knocked back three deals so far that he's put up. So I, I think he took the attitude, well, what I'll do, I'll actually buy one. And then and, show Bob. And then show Bob. <laughs> and if it's not quite right, Bob's an expert. He'll fix it, you know. And that's what he did. And he contacted me uh, on, a, on a Tuesday morning. He said, I've just bought a site at auction. I said, oh, my God. Here we go. Show me, tell me tell the me all about it. And yeah. He gave me the address. So I quickly jumped on the council website, had a look. What did I see? Well, it was a triangular-shaped block for a start, which means it's, it's, it has design deficiencies. You don't get the maximum yield out of a triangle with pointy, three pointy ends. They're, more, they're, was, they're better for hats. Yeah. Fireman hats. Yeah. It, was, it was on a four-lane road that I know is a very busy road. Oh, no. It And the other boundary, well, one of the three boundaries, uh, was a railway station, uh, which means there's a railway line and very noisy. Oh. Uh, pollution's not really a problem with electric trains these days, uh, but noise pollution is, and, and, you know, trains going by. Not only that, uh, the reason it was a pointy block is it was the last block in a run, and uh, you had the four... Four lane road and the and the train line met at the at the point of the triangle with this this thing in there, and guess what? There's boom gates there. Oh god! So every twenty minutes you got ding 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 going off. So you got trains going past. You got ding dings going on. You got four lanes of traffic. You got a triangular shaped block 
There was a sewer. What was he thinking? Oh, there's a sewer through the middle as well. Oh, my gosh. Uh, which, fortunately, you can build over in this particular council. Um, but there are construction cost constraints. So what did you say to him, Bob? Uh, I, I tried to... The only thing it didn't do was flood. Hmm. Uh, when we... There was no way out of it. He paid, uh, you know, like, 10% deposit, fall of the hammer. Uh, about a, it was about a 60- or 90-day contract. The first thing I did, took him straight to my lawyer... Uh, and tried to find a loophole in the contract. First thing, let's, first thing you do is try and crash a contract. Yep. Try and find something wrong. Try and find, find a loophole. Couldn't find one. Even just a spelling mistake. No, <laughs> it takes a bit more than that to get out of a contract. But sometimes you can. Sometimes they're not perfectly written. And a very clever lawyer might be able to find a you know, back door out. I've, I've done that, found that. Uh, not so much here. And not only that, when we did the searches, oh, guess what? What? Uh, on the four... St- four-lane street frontage, mm. they had a, an, and it wasn't even registered, we, it was only in disclosure that we got it out of council, a nine-metre uh, reclamation to, to take nine metres off the front of the block. Holy Which heck. was the hypotenuse, which was the long side of the, of the triangle. Anyway. Uh, so what happened? Well, we, we ended up uh, changing, the, well, I, I got a really good Architect, and we, we came up with, with a an triangular apart- shape. Well, a an, triangular apartment, shape an apartment, apartment block that sort of worked. Um, and we went to council, and we needed to get an extra level on the height. Mm. Uh, but uh, council had painted themselves into a corner by not actually disclosing, disclosing to us about, yep. about this road widening. And so uh, we got hold of, at, at the time, you could through uh, just what do they call it, freedom of information, we actually grabbed all their files, every single file that they had where they were discussing all this, but it, was, it didn't show up in searches. We actually found out after the, after the, after the point. Not that it would have mattered because it was, wasn't subject to searches. Uh, but anyway, we ended up getting a council over a bit of a barrel uh, and, and we were heading to court with it. And they said, OK, well, here's a compromise. Uh, you can do an extra level. So we got an extra level on this building, uh, which goes like another five or six apartments. Did he break even, uh, lose money? What happened in the end? Oh, we ended up selling it with a DA to a builder. Yeah. Uh, but there had to be a six-metre fence at the back for the railway station, an acoustic fence. There was um, acoustic works at the front. We lost the lost the, the, uh, you know, the nine metres at the front. Um, I think we spent twenty or 30000 on legal fees to get to that point, uh, you know, just trying to save him. His marriage nearly went because um, mm. he didn't take... Well, he just did something stupid, you know. That's the parts of the story I remember if I thought more about it there's probably even even more things that were going on there at the time crikey so there you go buying an auction without doing Mm. enough due diligence Mm. oh he basically did none oh Mm. and what he did he bought it at auction on a monday night totally Mm. sight unseen he only found out about it in the afternoon i didn't do any due diligence on it and just jumped on that night so here he is the the auctioneer i won't mention the agent but they're famous for doing auctions uh they're in you know they're in brisbane uh it's he's on he's basically on the phone uh, bidding at the other end. So one, he did no due diligence, didn't really know what he was bidding on. Uh, he thought it was a nine townhouse site for some reason. Uh, and uh, like because he, he can't see any of the other bids, I'm sure the agent's saying, oh, somebody's just come in. Uh, you know, you need to put your bid up or, you know, let's, let's smash them out of the park with another hundred, you know. Like, who knows what's going on there? Mm. He, can't, he doesn't know what the bids are. He's getting told on the phone what they are by an agent he met that afternoon and, and did no due diligence on the site. There you go. There you go. Things that you will be needing to avoid. There you go. Mm. Well, yeah, it was a lot of work getting him out of that hole. 
so we've we've covered the three: purchasing in your own name, yeah. demoing a house before DA, and buying it at auction without enough due diligence. And what we've covered off these are things that you don't want to do, and these mm. are things that are very common. But people do it. You know, you sit back and say, "I'd never do that," and then hopefully you wouldn't. But you get, I, I mean, I'm shocked. You imagine after all the years I've been, the things I've seen, the things I've seen people do, that it like you just shake your head. You just can't believe what they do. Well, so they don't. So people don't make mistakes, Bob. Yeah. Come to the workshop. Yep. November five, six, seven in the Gold Coast. Come mm. along if you want to learn more about that. Mm. There'll be a link below. We would love for you to join us. Yeah. Can, can I say that all those three mistakes and those stories I made mm. were made by people who who never did a property development course. There you and go. Found out the hard way. Mm. And found me after it, and, and to try and come and save their lives. If they'd done a course. Yeah. Wouldn't have made that mistake. That's in the, you know another thing. People that won't invest, and this is sort of runs <laughs> with this, but people don't invest in themselves. No. You got to think a property development is going to make you a huge amount of money. Hmm. There has to be an investment into you at the start. Hmm. So many people want to do it on the cheap. Like, oh, as cheap as I can. Like I don't want to pay for an mm-hmm. education program, or they don't. Or they try and scrimp on consultants. This this yeah. is an investment like, because oh, it comes yeah. out at the other end. Yeah, those three stories are. I talked about cost six figures yes. in mistakes. Every one of those is a six-figure mistake. Mm. Yet for a fraction, like a very small fraction of that, you can, you can learn, you learn the game. And even as far as that, by just having education, but even in our mentoring program, I know two people that said straight away or, then, or have come back and said, you save them money by stopping them doing something. Mm. And one, one of them has gone on to do a huge amount of developing. Mm. And those were his words. Oh, Bob saved me money straight away. I've got, I've got my money back. And so I've got yeah. the other one said it on video. Oh, Bob saved me money from the outset. So many people we saved. But remember, people arrived uh, with establishing the wrong structure, but fortunately haven't bought anything. And just by turning that around and getting them structured properly through our own experts, uh, probably you know, saved them 50, 80 thousand dollars in too much tax and just stuff like that you know, mm. which is like way more than the program costs like just by restructuring them before they even start anyway, all right it wasn't meant to be an ad sorry oh no we're allowed to tell them why it's not an ad it's like no, i'm not apologizing i'm not no, sorry so. people ah. should know what we can do and how we can it's really helping them i see that it's helping people heck yeah that's, and that's why i got into the business to help people the education i've seen too many people lying bleeding out in the gutter I love your descriptions. Well, that's what happens. You know, you do it wrong, you'll bleed out in the gutter. I've seen people go bankrupt. You know, people lose a lot of money uh, through stupidity and not knowing, and, and that's why I got into it. I've never stopped developing, of course, not going to do that, but that's how I got into the education side. Yes, and we've got a few developments on at the moment too, so that's pretty exciting. We, we, we actually need to start posting some of our stuff on the Facebook page. We see yeah. our students are doing that now, which is great. They yep. hadn't been doing that for a while. No. We, and I had to say, why don't you put some... Give them a rev up. Yeah, put some of your uh, stuff up. But they just sort of like sit back and watch. I don't know why that happens. They just mm, yeah. Everyone's a bit chilled in our world. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, so it's pretty exciting. Also, another reminder, 15th of October in Sydney, we're there yeah. for a – it's a networking event from mm. 2.30 to 5.30. There'll be a link below. What, and in yeah, Melbourne network, a week later. Networking after? And – 22nd of October. So there's a three-hour event. We're going to be talking, oh, if you just want to Sydney learn. Sydney 15th, Melbourne 22nd. Yep. yep. Three-hour events. They're about $29 to come along uh, and you can get to meet us and there'll be loads of fun, yep. lots of really good information. and um, Meet lots of other lovely, like-minded, property-loving Mostly people. lovely. Mostly lovely. <laughs> yeah. No, they are. 
They are. All righty. Well, I hope you found episode 69 useful. Crikey, mm. we're churning through that. 70 next time. It is. Ooh. We will catch you next week. Bye. See you then. Bye.